Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hello Goddess podcast. I am your host, Mandy Dea, recently graduated naturopath. And today we have a special guest, Mrs. Chris Batzner. How are you, my dear? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You have this beautiful aura, this beautiful energy, and I was looking forward to having you as a guest for sure. Me too. I'm very excited to talk all things goddess with you. I'm super stoked. This is going to be fun. So Chris is the founder and guide at Central Michigan Kundalini. Um, So this is such a beautiful, beautiful thing that you have going on. So thankful for you. So I would love for you to explain what you do to our listeners. You bet. So I do several different things within my business, within Central Michigan Kundalini. Um, I am primarily focused on working with women um, who are going through transitions, whether it is um, having children or having their children leave home for college, um, quitting a job to stay home, retiring, starting a new career, getting a divorce, Um, any big life transitions. I help women navigate those transitions by looking at the whole body, the whole person, the whole experience. You know, um, often when we are in stress, we go to counselors or therapists, which is fantastic. If we're sick, we go to physicians and chiropractors and all of the other um, helpers that in that area. And what I do is I bring all aspects of the person together. We do Kundalini, which dives deep into that divine feminine, that goddess energy, which I can talk about in a minute. And we tap into intuition. We realize all of the stories that we've been telling ourselves and clear those blocks, clear those old stories. And really, I help those women that are in these big transitions define who they really want to be as they move forward. That's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So from what I understand... It's not just about yoga. There's more elements to what you're offering, right? Yes, yes. So Kundalini Yoga is the foundation of what we do. And anyone in my private mentorship program, which is that one-to-one work, gets access to all of my other offerings. And I have a Kundalini community, which we practice Kundalini together. We get together monthly, uh, twice a month, and talk about Kundalini. We talk about the practices that we have and Um, different concepts and topics that go along with our practice. And then I also have a yoga community, Yoga with Chris, which is more traditional yoga. And um, then I do workshops and retreats all the time as well, focused on different aspects of this. And so Kundalini is a foundation just because we have to be in touch with our body. We have to move our body. We have to find balance in our body and we have to find our breath before we can do anything else. And then from that, that is our kind of our launching off point. We have to get comfortable with our body. We have to understand our body. And then we can start to understand our feelings and why we hate our body or what we think, why we move this way or why our shoulders always hurt in this this type of situation or when we get a headache, you know. And so from there we do, we do a lot of talk, uh, discussion and journaling and mantra and um, a lot of breath work, a ton of breath work in what we do. And so yeah, Kundalini is the foundation of it. But a lot of times, sometimes we roll out our mat and we do a lot of intuitive movements where I have several clients right now where we start in a position and then we'll start talking about things. And then they'll be like, hey, can I find this pose? And it's like, yeah, find that pose. And then all of a sudden, all of these other things come up because we store so much in our physical body Mm -hmm. that we don't pay attention to. That once we start to move and we start to pay attention, all of these other layers start to unravel and open up to us. 
That's so incredible. And I love, love that you're infusing like these Eastern philosophies and you're adding like journaling and exploring all these avenues because I think that we're in a big need of that kind of approach right now of the holistic the holistic movement is so powerful and for the longest time we've been looking at wellness more of a mental you know that mental uh, paradigm but really it's about embod like being in your body and yes. connecting with your body because that's where we stir all of these um these hurts these pains and trauma as well yes so, very much such so. a beautiful beautiful work that you're doing right now so I applaud you for that thank you <laughs> I love every minute of it oh I bet I bet and does it feel like work when you really find yeah. your passion that's right. how I feel as well with my yeah. career so 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 beautiful um I would love to know what got you into that like what where did that all begin yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think it's just my own journey, right? Like we, we uh, like when you are doing marketing, we attract the clients that are us, right? Like we market to ourselves, right? We we can speak most authentically to what we have experienced ourselves, and so. I've been a yogi my whole life. And um, like, I literally would do yoga with my mom when we were little, like we'd pull out that black and white photo book and I'd, we'd pick the poses and we'd do them together in the living room. And so yoga has always been part of my life. It's been a traditional Hatha yoga. Um, and then when I had babies myself, when I had my children, I started to teach. I had a career um, as a music therapist before I did yoga. Mm. And um, it was great. Like I put my husband through college and it was, that was, I was a breadwinner and I loved every minute of that. And then when I had babies, I decided to stay home and my husband got a job. And so um, my life changed, a big transition. And the thing that carried me through that was yoga. I kind of gotten away from yoga and then I found it again and I became a teacher. And then we moved to a different part of the country and um, I wanted to stay home, but I also wanted to still give something to the community and do yoga and teach. And so I eventually opened a yoga studio um, which I loved. And through that process, yoga has always been an anchor for me. And I've always understood how much it impacts my physical and my mental body um, and my emotions. It balances my emotions. But what I saw from my experience in the yoga studio was that people would come in looking for that physical practice, right? And they would come in wanting to feel better in their bodies. But what would get them to stay was the way they felt after they left their mat, right? That emotional impact that that practice has and that sense of community that they get from moving their bodies with someone and coming into a place that is accepting of them. And so um, through my studies, I continued to study and I continued to practice and um, I found the practice of Kundalini and I had done it a couple times and it was totally different. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> I have a client that I work with and she describes Kundalini this is the best description I've ever heard. It's like, we flail our arms around and say funny words and it feels really great. <laughs> and from an outside, that's exactly what it looks like. Like you're kind of doing these weird movements and you're saying Sanskrit and mantra and singing and, and it just, it's like, what the heck is happening? But the impact <laughs> of that on my whole perception of the world was amazing. And so um, I decided to, um, train in it. And I, I was trained with Guru Singh and Brett Larkin and I loved their component of it because Kundalini kind of has a history and, um, it's not a great mm. history. And so mm. I didn't, I didn't want to be part of that. Right. And so okay. I thought, well, I'll just do it on my own and blah, 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 blah. 
And um, what I found Brett and Guru Singh, they teach Kundalini the way I teach yoga, which is completely accessible and adaptable. And if you are sitting there with intent, you are practicing it. And I love that because that is really what Kundalini is. And that is so powerful. Um, Kundalini is a divine feminine practice. It's a practice of that Shakti energy, of that feminine energy. And so that traditional yoga practice includes that balance of the masculine and feminine, but our society, especially in America, and, you know, in the Western society is um, they approach it from a very masculine standpoint of the structure of you do mm-hmm. the poses and you have to get better by doing the poses deeper and you have to do them this order. And, you ha- you know, like that's mm-hmm. very much a masculine structure. And right. the intuitive nature of Kundalini was so powerful to me, that emotional, intuitive, expressive nature of a Kundalini practice, which is that divine feminine, that mm-hmm. goddess energy, right? That mm-hmm. just resonated with me. And I was already seeing how I was carrying that aspect into my traditional yoga teaching in the studio and how people in the studio were responding to that because that's what they really wanted. Mm-hmm. And so um, I jumped in and I have never looked back. And it's just, it's such a powerful practice that um, not a lot of people know about. A lot of people are afraid of it because, you know, as anything often in society that is feminine, it gets talked bad about. And, you know, people are afraid of expressing emotions and get, losing control, you know. And, um, but I just, I love it. And that's kind of yeah. how I found it. That's fantastic. That's so cool. I, I've never tried Kundalini mm-hmm. yoga, but mm-hmm. I would love to. I would love ah. to try that at some point. Yes. You do online as well, right? It's not just in person. Correct. Everything I do is online um, just because, um, I, you know, I used to own a studio here in locally and I really wanted with Kundalini, like I shifted who I was and what I was doing. I really wanted to make that um, accessible to anybody in the world. And so, you know, now we have people from Australia, we have people from Wisconsin, we have people from Canada, we have people from all over the place that come together and practice. And it's really cool. Um, and like uh, this Sunday, actually, um, I know you're probably going to do the podcast, post it later, but this Sunday, since we're recording, it, I'm doing a live full moon in Virgo practice that is Kundalini mm. and that's free to anybody. And so you can hop on, I'll make sure you have the zoom link for that. Yeah. And um, you can, every month we do free, I do free practices online so anyone can experience it. And then with my Kundalini community, it is, it's a monthly membership community where you come in mm-hmm. and like you get to do Kundalini with us. And we have different ways to do Kundalini throughout that community. Like sometimes we have an hour long practice, at least so once a month, maybe twice a month we have those. Right now, we're finishing up a 40-day sadhana, which is a 40-day, every day we practice for 15 minutes together in the morning. And so there are other, and, you know, within that, I have pre-recorded videos. So there's ways to practice with me online um, and give it a try. I would encourage you to do yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's so amazing because you're really reaching a lot more people. Uh, some, like, some communities don't necessarily have yoga studios in their mm-hmm. village or, like, smaller villages yes. and stuff like that. Yeah, I live in like a medium-sized uh, city, mm-hmm. so we do have a few here. Um, but I'm definitely gonna attend that if I if if I'm not busy on uh, on that. Um, is it the full moon that. you were saying? It is the full moon in Virgo. Yeah, the full moon is actually Saturday, um, but I'm busy Saturday, so we're doing it Sunday. <laughs> okay, amazing. Yeah. And I love what you said. Like you you adjust. Like you're not pushing people to uh, do these like crazy poses if you want to just start at a beginner level I'm sure it's very accessible to to yes. you I personally I've tried a few types of yoga not kundalini yet uh, but so far my favorite was yin um, oh, nice. 
Yeah, and I do like the meditative aspect of of it because that's how I even got into yoga it was through meditation. Um, and so it's so powerful because um, I'm assuming to there's a, a big element of the breath, right? You know, connect, yes. connecting to the movement and the breath together. 100%, yes. In yeah. Kundalini, we actually start with the breath. Like the breath mm -hmm. is, I always say that breath is the gateway. If you do nothing else, if you breathe, you are in it, you are getting it, you are doing it. Um, and when we even start in, you know, when we start, we, we, we sing, I, it's chanting, but I call it singing because some people get nervous around chanting and what that means. And like, we, right. we just vibrate our, our voice, our vocal cords and our resonance of our body. And we do that. And then we breathe. And then before we even move, the way we do movements in Kundalini is different where we um, do movements like a repetitive movement for like two minutes or a set amount of time. And so before we even do the movement, we find the breath. And so like, let's say we're twisting, right? And so mm -hmm. we inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. So it's not even, it's not this, it's not the movement that we're paying attention to. It's the inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. So everything we do is governed by the breath. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so powerful. Like yeah. when you're doing it, you might, when you see it, you don't realize how powerful it is. It's like when you really <laughs> practice it, it's so good. It's so good. The breath work and the, the movement yes. and everything together. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. And I know that for you, joy is a big thing. Uh -huh. um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that. How do you cultivate joy into uh -huh. your life and how do you add that, infuse that into your career as well? I love that question. So mm -hmm. I believe that joy is our inherent nature. And so when you think about little kids, right, like they, they have big emotions, right? And, and one of their foundational emotions is joy and curiosity. Like they don't know to not like people. They don't know to judge people. They don't know to protect and, and not be different. Like they are just joyful and expressive. Mm -hmm. And we forget that as we become adults. And so my job, one of my jobs that I see as myself for myself is to help people find that joy again, mm. right? And if we allow ourselves to find that joy and to believe two things, one, that we deserve that joy, that we are worthy mm -hmm. to be joyful, and two, that it's actually there within us, then our life changes. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I love Kundalini is because on the mat, you know, we can focus on this movement or this movement or whatever it is that we're doing. But what's really happening is that we are shifting our awareness. We are shifting our perception of our place in the universe. And mm -hmm. we are starting to realize, oh my gosh, I tell myself this story that I can't do this, or I am being judged because of this, or this person doesn't like me, or I'm bad mm -hmm. at this, or, you know, and so I realize I'm robbing myself of joy. Mm -hmm. When really, I am really good at this, or I have a lot of fun with this, or this is what fills me up. And so when we start to shift our perception and realize that really, truly, our inherent nature is joy, our world changes.
and we make different decisions and we do things differently and we interact with people differently and we that's contagious right and so you know it's not only for us it's for those around us and so you know my job is to help people to convince them that they have joy within them and also help them find it and carry forward from that place I mean joy is our inherent nature like our heart is joyful I've never heard it like that. And that's mm. so beautiful. I had chills, like full body chills yeah. when you said that because good, it's so important. And I talk a lot about like how we're inherently worthy, which yeah. is another layer of that. Like we're, we don't have to earn our worth, yes. but the, the, the concept that our inherent nature is joy. That's so beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. Ah, my pleasure. And <laughs> it's funny how much we convince ourselves that that is not the case, Right. Oh, yes. With our stories, you were saying the stories yeah. we say and we repeat in our heads. And Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's one aspect of that divine feminine, too. Right. Like that's a joy can be a really big emotion. And as adults, we're taught to not have big emotions. And mm -hmm. so if we allow ourselves to be joyful, we, that's boisterous, that's vibrant, that's shiny, that's full and expressive. And we're told that that's bad. Right. Yeah. And so there we are back in that structure of that masculine sun energy of like, well, mm. you can't do that. Mm. Well, we can because our inherent nature is that. And so I'm being myself when I do that. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming, too, like you were saying, you help people through transitions. It's like uh -huh. going through the grieving process, letting yes. go, you know, processing all of these Yes. emotions not hiding from them not toxic positivity either right it's definitely just like processing and allowing the the joy to arise naturally afterwards right yeah and i i think yeah. that's really a good point to make um because just because our inherent nature is joy doesn't mean we don't feel other emotions right like that grief is poignant that sadness is poignant that anger is poignant and a motivator and you know all mm -hmm. different emotions have different purposes and i i feel that just because joy is our inherent nature, we aren't always joyful, right? There are times yeah. we're going to be angry, or we're going to be frustrated, we're going to be sad, we're going to be tired, we're going to be whatever emotion you have. But that seed of joy is always mm -hmm. there. And that is almost like, it's like when you, you know, plant a seed, right? It's there. And sometimes you plant more seeds and other things grow, but that mm -hmm. seed is always there that we can always right. germinate and return to. And we let those other plants grow as well because they all have useful benefits, yeah. but that joy is always in that pot with everything else. And we can always return mm -hmm. there when we are ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so beautiful and so important to remember that. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, just reconnecting with that natural level of joy that we have and that we connect to any time. Yeah. So I was wondering, too, if somebody has never done yoga and they mm -hmm. are kind of intimidated by the process, mm -hmm. uh, what would you say to somebody like that that may be listening and wants to try out for the first time? Yes. So I would say that we have all been there. <laughs> and that we are all there very often. Even when, <laughs> you know, when I've done it for my whole life, there are days where I'm like, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that it takes a lot of courage to step on your mat for the first time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that you, I would say to them that you are worthy. They are worth it. They are, they are, um, 
valuable, their time is valuable, and mm-hmm. they are worth taking the time to take time for themselves. You know, I often talk to people mm-hmm. and I, I just say how I think of how you would feel if you took care of yourself like you take care of others. Oof, powerful. Right? Yeah. And maybe stepping onto your yoga mat is a way that you can do just that. That doesn't mean, and I say this to everybody, no matter how long they've practiced with me or with anybody, it doesn't mean you have to be doing what I'm doing. Like your mat mm-hmm. is your safe space mm-hmm. and your judgment-free zone, your joyful zone, however you want to think about it. And you get to be in complete control. And so if you come to your mat and you spend the whole time in child's pose, mm-hmm. that's fine. Like that's mm-hmm. what you need. That's what you do. And so um, I, you know, I think Instagram does a disservice to people doing yoga, to people trying to get into yoga, because we all see those Instagram yogis that are putting their feet behind their heads or standing, you know, mm-hmm. in dancer pose or whatever the case may be. And everyone right. thinks, oh, well, I can't look like that. So I might as well not do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. is, that is, you know, 0.1% of the population that does yoga. I, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. really, I mean, I do like to stand on my head just because that's who I am, but like, I never <laughs> ask people to stand on their heads. I like, you know, I have a super tight back I and shoulders yeah. and, you know, my forward fold isn't Instagram worthy. And so, you know, like we are real people doing <laughs> real yoga and to be perfectly honest, the postures aren't the purpose, the point, the postures. Yeah, I the, think, the, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's, and I love that. Be- I love that you're saying that because um, I know it's hard to show up sometimes uh-huh. for one, showing up for yourself and taking time yeah. for yourself. Yeah. And number two, doing something that's outside of your comfort zone. But yes. if you can just show up and do your best and know that that's yeah. enough, yep. just come as you are. And that's yeah. that's a whole purpose, I think, of yoga is is being who you are. Yeah. And I really, I think the other thing I would just add to that too, is Mm -hmm. knowing that um, it you the first place you go to do yoga may not be the place that fits for you to do yoga, right? Like giving it some time um, and not just having one experience with it. Like you may walk into a studio and may feel way at home and that is your home now and you can feel comfortable Mm -hmm. practicing. You may walk in and think, I don't, I don't think I want to be here go somewhere else, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can find another place, like just because that studio or that place you practice at gym is that Mm -hmm. way, it doesn't mean that all of them are that way. And Mm -hmm. even within that, you may have one teacher that you absolutely love. And then you try another teacher and you're like, wow, I really didn't like that or the other way around. And so Mm -hmm. I encourage you to keep trying and keep looking because your teacher and your class and your style of yoga is out there. Don't give up on yourself is really what it is. Yes, yes. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will would want to work with you and try that, you know, first experience of doing yoga online in the comfort of their own home as well. That's a very beautiful experience to have, you know, that comfort. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. to do that when no one's watching. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's so much positive uh, that comes from that as well. Yep. And so I have another question for you before we go towards the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, when you think about everything that you've been through and where it led to, you know, owning a studio and now this online community mm-hmm. and everything, what do you see, like, for the future for yourself? What do you think that is going to be, like, your thing, your contribution that you want to mm-hmm. keep offering to the world? 
uh, Kundalini is my first answer. And I, I feel like I teach Kundalini differently than other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, my goal, I've made it my mission to share the way I teach and that practice of Kundalini with as many people as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And really the other aspect of that, that pairs nicely with that Kundalini is making, um, that divine feminine and that goddess energy accessible to everybody and starting to really bring that education component back into our culture, because we've been so much the patriarchy to sound cliche and masculine Mm -hmm. energy and structure and organization and money driven and, and, and everything else that comes with that sun, that masculine energy that we are doing ourselves a disservice. And so, within teaching that kundalini practice my underlying mission is really to bring in that back that power of that divine feminine because that intuition that emotion that expression that flexibility and fluidity is so powerful and we are completely imbalanced in a society and individually because we ignore this super powerful soft strong aspect of ourselves. And so my mission is to really encourage that and really get as many people on board with bringing in, you know, whatever gender they choose to be, then bringing in that feminine energy, that goddess energy. And, you know, all of the goddess archetypes, there are so many different goddesses and goddess archetypes that they Mm -hmm. each serve a different purpose. And each one of them has a strength and you know, we I, we think of goddesses as, you know, Venus or whatever, and that's it, right? Or the crone, the ugly witch that doesn't, you know, that eats children. Well, neither of those are <laughs> accurate, right? And, and so this divine feminine energy is such a deeper core and such strength that I feel like um, it will change the world, right? And it sounds cliche when I say that, but I do feel like it will change the world. And, you know, the other aspect of that too is, as we move into we're in the age of Aquarius, like we just stepped into the age of Aquarius astrologically. And that is a feminine energy, right? Like we are mm-hmm. done with the patriarchy, we're done with that structure, and those are crumbling around us. I mean, we see that. And um, we are being called as like light leaders to really step into that power that we have, that intuitive feminine power, because that is the energy of this new age that we literally are just starting. 2021 is when it started. And so now, like all the planets are coming in right now, right? So it's kind of exciting. Now all these things are happening. But right now we are being really called to step up as leaders from a feminine side, Mm-hmm. And so my mm-hmm. mission is to do that. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I love to do workshops. I love to do retreats. I love to do um, classes, online classes and courses, like just to get this information out as much. And obviously I love to teach Kundalini anywhere I can, anywhere and all the time. Um, so yeah, that's my mission. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a beautiful mission. And you're already accomplishing it. Like you're doing so much beautiful things in the world. And like you said, the the feminine energies has been repressed for so long. Yeah. And it's such a powerful aspect of the human experience or anything in the universe has both feminine and, and masculine. So yes. it's, you know, having the healed version of everything and merging those two yeah. together and you know, infusing that. It's such a, a beautiful thing, you know. So, yeah, thank you so much for the work that you do for women mm. and for people all over the world. Thank you so I much. I am happy to do it. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. filled up to do it. Yeah. It's and I funny. Think, yeah. 
I think that that's a, a good point too, is like, I think it's easy to tip the scales in the other way. Right. And as I talk about mm. this feminine energy, like I, I think it's easy to be like, Oh, you know, um, nothing about the masculine, like nothing about, we can't do anything, right. you know, that structure, but that's not it. Like if we are truly in that feminine goddess energy, we understand how that masculine supports the feminine, right? That structure mm-hmm. is that container for that expression and intuition. We have to have both of them while we are building this feminine energy. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah, like you said, not tipping the scale on the other side, but kind of Correct. like, you know, re- like, returning to where it's supposed to be yeah that balance balance. that harmony like the yin yang and everything yeah exactly that makes so much sense yeah Yeah, and i love that i love that i can't wait i'm gonna work with you 100 100 i'm so excited Uh, yeah it'll be fabulous yes so um i do have the two final questions to ask you Mm -hmm. so the first one i want to ask you is if you could go back in time and speak to you, any version of your younger self it could be like as a child or as a teen or young adult, um, what would you say to her? Mm. So I would say that I would speak to probably my early young adult and maybe late teen self. And I would say that your intuition is accurate and you need to pay attention to it because mm. as a child, I had that. And it was one of those things where as a kid, you don't realize that other people aren't the way you are. Like, you know, like I lucid dream and I've always lucid dreamed and I always have feelings about people and, you know, and I just thought everybody did that. And then there comes a point where you realize that. And so then you start to question yourself. And so I think my message to myself would be, don't question yourself. You know what you know, and you are spot on when you know, and trust that. To trust yourself. Yeah, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people do have the intuition yes. and not everybody develops it at the same rate, but we all mm-hmm. have that that guidance um, and we doubt it. Like you were saying, yeah. it's like, okay, but what if this is just my on, all in my head? But mm-hmm. it, when you realize like, no, this is, this is something that we need to trust and it's, it's anchored and it comes from a, a very sacred place in the yes. soul. Well said, well said, yes. (laughs) And the other question I always ask my guests is, what is your definition of a goddess? Mm -hmm. So I define a goddess as a person that is autonomous and well-balanced, a person that is able to be calm in the storm and knows who they are. Love that. Mm-hmm. That's something to strive towards. Beautiful answer. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Chris, it was a very, very pleasurable experience to talk to you. I, I was fun. Yeah, good. I will use your word. I feel joy right now. Like oh! I feel it, this was so beautiful. I'm happy we connected and hopefully we can stay connected afterwards. I would love that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel and, like we can uh, talk for hours about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can keep going for hours. The time flies when you're having a good conversation with somebody yeah. that, you know, gets you. And yeah. Um, so if somebody is listening and they want to connect with you, where can they find you? 
The easiest way is to just pop on my website. It's chrisbatzner.com. You can find my Yoga with Chris community. You can find my Kundalini community. And you can find information on my private mentorship, which is that one-to-one work that we do um, Mm. with women in in particular. And I'm not exclusive to women, but I focus on women in those transitions. Um, Yeah, everything is on my website, including events and things like that. That would be the best way to do it. Amazing. So I'll put all of her links in the description box. Yep. If you're looking as well, you can find it either, you know, whatever platform you're listening to or YouTube. Uh, everything's going to be in the dis- description. So thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to be on my show today. Thank you, I Mandy. Appreciate- I'm so glad you had me. Yay. I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you said it was so beautiful. So I will see everybody next week, sending you all of the love and the light. Bye. Bye.